Good morning and welcome to the Kim Jong Bui Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Daig, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Gabe Sabarzo. Howdy, Gabe. Hey, what's up, Cam? Good to be here. We have finally arrived. It has been a long, weird season uh, with lots of twists and turns, but we're finally here. We are at playoff time for the Dynasty League. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is where, uh, where wins become championships, you know, where the trash talk begins to materialize into real results. Uh, I'm pumped. Dude, this is where boys become men. Actually, the men have made the playoffs. Um, oh, so, I see. So, good thing for me and you. We're, we're here, man. We're here. Uh, I snuck in. I, you were a little bit more comfortable than I, but I did sneak into the men category. Yeah, no, so it was, it was funny. Um, I, like, re-listened to our pod a little bit from last week, and I started listening to myself um, talking about me and your matchup and i was like you know this matchup doesn't even really matter to me and then like i'm as i'm listening to the podcast i'm like you idiot like you were just like talking out of your butt like what are you talking about this was such a big matchup to me this past week um and ended up working out for me but as we'll get into later but i just like couldn't believe i don't know what i was looking at or like thinking about about during that moment but like all of those matchups ended up being uh, super crucial, and as we will see, <laughs> um, some people performed under the pressure, and uh, other people did not. Um, so, but as we've talked about, playoffs are here. We just finished the regular season. Um, I think we did pretty well with our picks, Gabe, uh, but kind of the layout we'll go with for today is we'll hit on those matchups um a little bit kind of talk through what happened with those matchups from last week's uh that caused certain people to make it to the playoffs and certain people to not um and then we'll kind of lend more time to those playoff matchups for this week uh which yeah i'm excited i've uh, i've given quite a bit of thought to the upcoming playoff matchups especially the game between Connolly and i and uh, zach and camden so i'm excited to lay them out yep and so there's three playoff matchups and i just want to start off by saying i know that there is a consolation bracket um for the four teams that didn't make the playoffs I just want to say uh, those aren't gonna those are not going to affect um, your odds for the rookie draft, uh, and so maybe we can come up with something for next year um, as far as like something that cool that you could get if you win the consolation bracket or I don't know just different ideas like that. But for this season, there really won't be that much of an effect on that. Um, just so everybody yeah, my, knows. My advice, put put in your rookies, put in your young guys, give them some exposure, <laughs> some playing time. You know, you want to build up the experience so next year when you're competing again, you can be in the uh, in the playoff hunt. Dude, wouldn't that be kind of cool, like, if that's how it worked? <laughs> it was like, man, let's get the young guys out there so they can grow. Oh, no, I, like, look ahead. As, 
I, I definitely would do something like that if I was in the consolation bracket, but that's that might be just because I uh, I like thinking like that, you know, like taking a <laughs> my GM approach in Madden or like a like a NBA 2K approach, you know, like develop your young guys. It's just kind of fun to like pretend to be a administrator of a sports organization of some sort. There's no doubt, man. You got to own it. So who, who knows? <laughs> Maybe like subconsciously they know that that's happening. Exactly. No, Whatever. exactly. But it's kind of neat. I can tell you one thing. Cole, Cole Beasley definitely knows when he's in my lineup and Holy when he's not. Smokes. Because when he is not in my lineup, he's a wide receiver one, undubitably. And when he's in my lineup, he's a wide receiver four at best. So you uh you had a few of those guys this week, Gabe. So that's unfortunate. But that's my whole bench, bro. That's why I'm gonna lose because it's it's gonna be impossible. There's like six or eight guys that all have about the same chance of hitting, and like I think I've chosen the one. It's just gonna be hard to pick the right ones. Well, before we get into those matchups, let's go ahead and hit like news around the league, specifically injuries. Um, not too many for this week, but there are a couple that are uh, that are gonna have implications. You would think on playoff teams. So, uh, did did you want to hit those? Hit us up with those. Uh, yeah, I definitely will. Um, so most notably, Antonio Gibson. He left with a toe injury. Mm. It looked like a, a turf toe or a hyperextended big toe um he is likely out this week at least and then we'll just keep an eye on that he plays on Connolly's team who is going to be in the playoffs man um, and uh, this week this upcoming week so definitely something to monitor for him and yeah, his opponents on that i've uh i've heard from like quite a few people whether it's like twitter people or i know fantasy footballers if you listen to their podcast they had mentioned this as well but like the turf toe injury <clears throat> it's not it's not a one week deal like it's just something that lingers um and a lot of people are talking about how even if he were to come back in two or three weeks it'd be very difficult for him to come back as like a hundred percent or even the player that he was prior to the injury um and so i what they were saying is you you might as well now just plan that you're not gonna have him for the rest of the season which is yeah. super unfortunate for Conley. Um, we we hinted at this in like the group chat, but he's he's probably the best position to handle running back injuries, just with all the depth that he has. Um, but make no mistake, like Antonio Gibson was a clear cut running back one, you know, and to take that off of your team, I know he's got the depth to to handle that a little bit, but. That's just less options that he's going to be able to have um, as we get further and further into the playoffs if he makes it that far. So kind of a crucial injury in our league especially. Yeah, I actually think the biggest um, effect this is going to have, this injury, is Garrett's team as he is the J.D. McKissick um, owner. Oh, that's and right. J.D. McKissick could very well get him. He has a buy this week, but J.D. McKissick could be a volume like running back fill-in flex option if Garrett needed him to alongside uh, Alvin Kamara and David Montgomery, whom he already has. So um, I think that that is going to be something to watch as well as the playoffs continue down the line because it's not just uh, Antonio Gibson and Connolly's team who are going to be affected, but all the peripheral pieces as well. Speaking of peripheral pieces, on a totally like kind of unrelated note to fantasy – 
Did you see Alex Smith? Did you see his leg? Yeah, and I immediately looked up which leg he had surgery on, and thankfully, I think it was, it was the, the other, other leg. One. Yeah. So it does. I, uh... Is there like a tougher person slash crazier things have happened to people's legs in the league besides that guy? Yeah, I don't know that I would. I would wear four pairs of socks and a cast <laughs> on both legs because there's no way, bro. Dude, like he just. He gets cleated, he gets, like, cut up, he gets rolled up on, like, no way. I, and he just, he still plays at a high level, even, I like, know. how is that not in the back of your head, you know? Dude, I, I don't know, like, <laughs> I, I know for me, I'd be looking down, just, like, take out, take out almost losing your leg the last couple of years, Um, take that out. If I'm looking down, and, like, there's more blood than I've ever seen in my life pouring out of my leg, I, I'm done, man. Like, do not put me back in the game. In fact, take me to the ER. Something's clearly wrong. <laughs> like, patch me up. I, like, I'm calling it a career right there, man. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> kudos to him. Um, definitely one of the toughest guys in the league. I'm excited to uh, watch him win comeback player of the year this year. What other uh, injuries we got going? Uh, so there's not too many more of note. Um, well, I say that... Um, Christian McCaffrey reported with a thigh injury in practice. They were Panthers were on their bye week last week, and he had that shoulder injury that um, had happened the last time that he played. But now he's dealing with a thigh injury, and he said it tightened up um, at practice earlier this week. So we'll see. I still expect him to play. I think he's itching to play. He's He's been wanting to play for a long time. I think that coaching staff has just been really conservative with him, and rightfully so. Um I don't think that they're going to uh, make any playoff noise this year, but they look like they're headed in the right direction. And so just keeping him uh, healthy, I think, is in their best interest. But I do think he will manage to get back this week. Something to monitor for sure. And then um, Frank Gore, uh, in case um, Camden is really, really shallow in running back depth. I think he has um, Ty Johnson if Frank Gore was to miss with the concussion that he endured on like the first or second snap of this game. But um, yeah, uh, aside from that, there's not too many more injuries of note. We should probably mention the whole like Joe Mixon thing that kind of popped up (laughs) this week. Not that it's uh, surprising at this point, but it was kind of a weird sleeper notification. It was like uh, Joe Mixon can come off of the IR, but he's not going to because the Bengals don't want to take him off the IR. It was something like that, but it didn't give me uh, too much confidence that he um, will be available this week or any even like the next couple of weeks. Uh, No, yeah, and uh, like I said in the the chat, I think they should probably just shut him down um, for the season, honestly. I don't know that they're playing for anything, and I think at this point you've been so conservative with him, like – maybe bring him back if he's really made progress. But, like, if he hasn't made progress in, what, we're at, like, week six, week eight even? Like, if he's not going to come off this week, I don't understand. I just, I, like, I, I just don't really understand the whole handling of that situation. Yeah, I, don't I said that he'd been hanging out with A.J. Green because <laughs> I remember there were so many reports about A.J. Green and him coming off of, like, the injured reserve last year, and then he just yeah. he never played a snap last year. and. It was just it was just confusing. Like the way that they've handled injuries is confusing. But um I am excited to see that 
offense once it's fully healthy. I don't expect A.J. Green to be there next year. So watching T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow all get healthy, it'll get me hyped again for the Bengals again at come 2021. Yeah, yeah, that'll be something to to be able to finally get to see and hopefully uh, we don't have to wait too long for Joe Burrow <clears throat> to, to yeah. Oh, yeah, I did so. think about that, that he won't even be ready for the start of 2021 because that injury was so gruesome. Yep. Exactly, which he did have surgery. I don't know if we ever mentioned that, but he did end, yeah. end up having surgery, I believe, earlier this week. Yeah. Um, and I believe everything was successful there. So now he's on the path to recovery. Um, But I think that's about it for the injury. Oh, the Christian McCaffrey deal, I, it's definitely something to monitor. Like I feel like they wouldn't mention it for no reason. Um, He's a guy who's ready to get out there and play. Um. But at the same time, like, I feel like for Conley just needs to constantly be keeping an eye on kind of those practice reports um, with Christian McCaffrey. <clears throat> and I didn't see a report today, but I do not believe he practiced in full yesterday. I think he was a limited participant. I haven't seen a report today. Um, but that could be two RB1s, essentially, that Conley would be down this week in his matchup with you if Christian McCaffrey were to miss. Um, so just and, and he would and he would still be starting Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. So come yes, on now. yes, congratulations, like, come Conley. On, come on, now. the depth is built. The depth. Is built. <laughs> um. Uh. The other one. Oh, Frank Gore. That was an option for Camden, correct? Uh, yeah, Frank Gore was an option for Camden. Not a, not an ideal option, not a top option, but an option. Yeah. So. That is kind of unfortunate there for Camden. Hopefully he can scrape together a couple other players to put in there. <clears throat> Which, yeah, at this point in the playoffs, when you're relying on Frank Gore as kind of your flex spot, you're already not feeling great, which I know... I don't, I don't think he was... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know we've highlighted like just how Camden... You know, Camden's 5-8, and eight, but still mm-hmm. like to make the playoffs with the team and the hand he's been dealt with all of the injuries is pretty miraculous anyway. I'm with you. Um, so I, I think it would be super fun if he knocked off Zach this week. That'd be awesome. Um, that would be fun. And I, I think it'll be, he, he'll be excited to bench one of Ronald Jones, Frank Gore, or another running back for Saquon Barkley once he gets healthy in 2021. Yeah, so little, I just, I think he'll come back upgrade. even stronger next year. A little bit of an upgrade there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh that's a great transition as we kind of look at last week's matchups um before we do that let's go ahead and just share where everybody finished um this season so officially the number one seed was garrett he had been there all year i think he deserved it the most um of having it had the most consistent team uh for the most part all year so he ends up with the number one seed at 10 and 3. Uh, i ended up with the second seed um at 10 and 3 as well i was still about what is that almost 80 points for behind garrett <clears throat> and so mm-hmm. a little bit of distance in between us there um but i was like right there um what is that? I was in f- technically fourth in the points for, but the second place person was Conley, w- who only had 20 more points for it more than me. So I think that's about right where we all kind of landed on that 
that top spot. Zach was third at nine and four. Conley got the fourth seed at eight and five. Gabe got the fifth seed at six and seven. Camden got the sixth seed at five and eight. And then Bowie, Big R, and Ben all missed the playoffs at the same record as Camden at five and eight. Obviously, that went to uh, the points four um, with Bowie coming in at the seventh seed, Big R coming in at the eighth seed, and Ben coming in at the ninth seed. Um, and then Daniel, who actually had like a pretty surprising uh, last couple weeks <laughs> of the season, uh, ended up at the 10th seed. So overall, incredibly competitive. Um, our fifth seed through the ninth seed were all one game apart from each other. So that's uh, that's really cool to see. That's a super competitive league. Um, with those standings, Garrett and I will both get a bye. And then we have Conley versus Gabe as the uh, fourth and fifth seed matchup. And then we have Camden versus Zach as the third and sixth seed matchup. So that's what our standings look like. Any other comments yeah, to make their game? Yeah, yeah just to highlight, um, Garrett's team versus Daniel's team, uh, Garrett averaged a score of about 142 per week, mm -hmm. which that's that's about 10 points higher than our league average. And Daniel averaged a score of about 118 per week. So there was a pretty big discrepancy there as far as like point values go. But um, I am I I am uh, glad to see how competitive that middle uh, section of our league was and how um, easy it would have been for somebody else to be in the playoffs over the five or the six seed. Yeah, no, it was. It was it was honestly like it came down to the very end. You had no idea who was going to be getting what spot. Um, and speaking of which, we'll kind of go through these matchups from last week. Uh, and let's just go ahead and get right into it. We'll talk about the matchup between you and me. Um, and so this one, uh, honestly, Gabe, this one is one that could have gone either way. Uh, oh, real quick. I ended up winning 156 to Gabe's 136. So it ended up being a 20-point difference. But this was a matchup that could have gone either way. Um, you had an incredible number of players on your bench that absolutely went off. Um, and then I got, I got pretty consistent uh, play from a lot of my players, especially my IDPs kind of carried carried me this week um and gave me a great like baseline to where nobody had to necessarily uh pop off even though Devonte adams does his thing of 29 points um so good. but i kind of just had a consistent baseline out of a lot of different players um and the idps allowed me to get over the kind of down week from terry mclaurin and chase claypool but for you i think that there was um, not that I would have made the decision, but there was just so many points on your bench that it's just, it's got to hurt to look at and be like, man, like those guys could have been in my lineup, but that could have been like, uh, an incredible amount of points that would have been up on the scoreboard for me. Um, yeah, but go ahead and um, give me your thoughts. 
it, it wouldn't have changed my seating. It would have changed your seating. So I'm, I'm disappointed, but I am uh, encouraged that my my team performed as well as it did. Um, Devonte Booker in place of uh, Josh Jacobs was not uh, nearly the back that I thought he would be, um, and so he probably won't see the line my lineup in the playoffs. But um, still, an, a valuable depth piece if uh, if I do make it any farther. Um, and then yeah, Devonte Adams is just like you're. you're the three right there that I'm looking at, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and uh, TJ Hawkinson have just been consistent. They've just, they, like, all, every week, they're just, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are, I think, wide receiver one and two on the year in fantasy football. So it's just, it's hard to overcome when they perform so consistently week in and week out. I think that's why your record is so good, and um, that's why it's so difficult to beat you even when my, my, my team played well. Um, I mean, it would have been, Nice if I had put one of my four wide receiver ones on the week into my flex <laughs> spot, but it was just going to be hard to know. You know, Drew Locke is inconsistent. Yeah. Cole Beasley, every time I put him in my lineup, he is like four for 54 with no touchdowns. So like, what, like, what was I supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's difficult um, to, to make those decisions. And I think it's going to be difficult this week when looking at my flex spots again. But uh, the running backs getting back to health, um, namely Miles Gaskin, David Johnson, is going to be huge, I think, um, here in this next round of the playoffs. I think the X factor for you in this matchup, plus going matchups going forward, has got to be Miles Sanders. Like, are you just in shock of how the Eagles are using him? or like? What? Yeah, so he he has... Uh, like both of the running backs on my team, I think are first and second amongst qualified running backs in yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And they just, they get, they, they just don't get the workload that other running backs do in Nick Chubb's case. It's because Kareem Hunt is so talented and uh, like they, they, they do a good job. Kevin Stefanski, I think should be top two, top three candidates for coach of the year. He's doing a great job yeah. in, uh, in Cleveland, but Doug Peterson should be top two or top three coaching candidates for to be out of a job because he's I don't know what he's doing I have no clue and his usage of Miles Sanders is uh, befuddling and I like I I don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts I don't even know if I can start Miles Sanders going forward in the playoffs he's in my flex consideration obviously this week but I I'd rather start Miles Gaskin over him I'd rather start Nick Chubb which I'm going to do over him. And so he's kind of dropped off in my thought process of him. Not from a dynasty perspective, but from an every week starter perspective this year, this season. um, Yeah, hard to trust. Yeah, and going back to kind of what I was saying before um, about this ended up being like a very crucial matchup for me. Uh, I am ecstatic that I got the second seed. I think having that that uh, first round buy is going to be helpful, especially for my team. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he just hasn't looked like himself the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, last week he did have 14 points, but we just haven't seen that really consistent Terry McLaurin that I I felt like I had had all year. Um, 
And so I'd love for him to like just get one more week of being able to see, hey, what's this next week going to look like? Or is this one of those trends that I, I kind of need to pivot away from? Uh, and then the other one that I'm very excited is going to have a week to kind of recover is um, Kenny Galladay. He's still dealing with, um, what is it, his shoulder? Or I'm sorry, his hip. Yeah, uh, he's hip. still dealing with that hip injury. Um, he's, I believe today there was a, a report that he's still not practicing. And so I I don't know if I would be ready to just like throw him in the mix, but I'm excited I to really, just get one more week uh, to see I if really he can need be prepared. Him. What? Yeah, no, I really need him not to play this week because I need Marvin Jones to be a wide receiver one. I don't need Kenny Galladay to play this week. I need him to take a rest like your team is because – I need Marvin Jones this week bad. Well, and it's crazy. Like that's all we've seen with Marvin Jones is these past weeks that Kenny Galladay has been out. He has just immediately become um, the number one option for that team. And I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Like, but I, I always felt like last year, maybe it was last year that Marvin Jones did really well with Kenny Galladay because Kenny Galladay would get a bunch of the, uh, get a bunch of the, attention from the defense and then um marvin jones would kind of be a sneaky like touchdown guy like every week you know um and this week's or this year is just a little bit different i think this was the first week we finally saw him like get the yardage and the touchdowns which was really nice uh i know for your bench but got to be nice for you to see and hopefully kenny galladay's not out there for your sake and Marvin yeah, Jones no, and the, rake in those targets, baby. <laughs> Detroit Detroit aired it out four hundred yards from Matt Stafford mm-hmm. and uh I think they're amped up that now that they got rid of uh Eddie P. Yeah. AKA. I do wonder though, because <laughs> DeAndre Swift missed this past week. Um yeah. and I'm I'm really excited to see how this new regime or whatever this new head coach views DeAndre Swift. Cause like I talked about last week, I, I think they just need to make him the guy. Um, and they didn't get that chance this, this, uh, this past week. Cause he was out with that concussion still, but um, I'll be interested to see if they just continue to allow Matthew Stafford to air it out when DeAndre Swift comes back um, or kind of what that looks like. For sure. The next matchup we had here was Camden versus Conley. Um, this was like a must win. Well, I say must win, and then uh, Camden's in the playoffs now. But going into it, we were talking about how this is this was one of those ones like Camden just needed to perform well. He at least needed to put up points so that he could separate himself from Bowie if it did come down to that. Um, and he ends up only putting up ninety five points to Conley's one hundred and thirty two. Um. Kind of unfortunate for Camden. There was just multiple players on his team that did not perform well. Uh, and it started with his quarterback, Justin Herbert, had uh, just a truly awful game. And I think Camden even put it in the group chat. Uh, the whole recipe of rookie quarterbacks going against the New England Patriots is just, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and it always has been. And Bill Belichick just feasts on those young QBs. Um, and so you could kind of see why that kind of added up there, uh, to Justin Herbert, just getting 1.3 points, Todd Gurley, he's injured. Um, 
it came out after the game that he's dealing with some sort of knee injury, but he ended the game with two and a half points, only had eight carries. He only had one reception. Like he looked, he looked really, really bad out on the football field. Um, and then AJ Brown just really hasn't been getting it done for Camden. Uh, he puts up 6.7 points uh, this week. And I'm sorry, uh, A.J. Brown had actually been on a tear the previous two weeks. He had put up 14 points and then 24 points. And then this week against a good Cleveland matchup, kind of put up a stinker. So that was unfortunate. Um, but he was getting pretty good production out of his IDPs. He got a he uh, got a great game out of Aaron Jones. And ended up doing just enough to get into the playoffs, but not win the matchup against Conley. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that much to add other than, um, yeah, Justin Herbert had been playing really well when he was under pressure. And uh, Bill Belichick has a way of like creating pressure that makes you uncomfortable. So according to Pro Football Focus, he was um, he was actually first in quarterback rating when under pressure in the NFL. And in this game, he was far below average. He was 18th. And so uh, the type of pressure that Bill Belichick was able to manufacture was just, just the right amount to make a rookie quarterback uncomfortable. And I think that that just, that speaks to good coaching and uh, defense who um, is excited and still fighting for a playoff spot, even though um, a lot of people may have counted them out. Going over to, Conley side um I think we had a feeling like his team would perform really well uh or continue to perform really well both of us had picked Conley to win this game um which he did but I don't know that any of us were (laughs) envisioning a 39 point performance out of Darren Waller he had 200 yards receiving he had two touchdowns 13 catches just a monster game out of his tight end. Um, and then for me, the big thing that uh, that stood out to me for Conley's team, Michael Thomas, he uh, had a good game with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Uh, he had nine receptions. He had 11 targets. Um, he had over 100 yards receiving. That's a great sign for Conley's team. Uh, for a guy who... I in my opinion, has one of the better teams the rest of the way in the playoffs. I know he's dealing with a couple of injuries, perhaps. He still needed Michael Thomas to perform like a wide receiver one and not have Taysom Hill uh, hold him back the rest of the way because we don't know how long Drew Brees is going to be out. Um, And this has to be super encouraging for Conley moving forward in the playoffs. If he can get that solid wide receiver one production out of Michael Thomas to get 15 points without a touchdown. Like that's, that's really great production. Um, and if he can continue kind of getting that out of him with Taysom Hill at quarterback, you gotta, he's gotta be breathing a, a sigh of relief and feel a lot better about that position moving forward. Um, but other than that, everybody else just kind of Derek Henry had a down week, but he has such a such a great playoff schedule <laughs> these last four yeah. games uh that that's yeah. that's really scary i expect him to bounce back um, i'm pretty terrified and he's just got the depth but did you have any more there not really other than michael thomas doesn't have a touchdown this year and i expect him to have more than zero touchdowns this year so it'll be it'll come <laughs> 
at one point or another, you would think that that's coming for sure. Um, okay, going on to the next matchup, we had Zach versus Big R. Um, and Big R plays a little bit of spoiler here. Uh, so, hey, shout out Big R. I appreciate you, man. You uh, didn't really have any shot at the playoffs, but you still went up, put up a great fantasy matchup, and uh, spoiled Zach's uh, opportunity for the second seed. I got to sneak in there and take that, so appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Big R wins this matchup 139 to Zach's 117. Um, let's start with Big R's side. Big R finally got some good production out of Lamar Jackson. He still <laughs> he still does not really look great throwing the ball, to be completely honest with you, outside of one or two throws. He only had 107 yards throwing, but he got back to having that rushing baseline that gives you Lamar Jackson, truly. Uh, Zeke had a decent game, um, 18 carries for 77 yards. You know what, like that's, at this point in the season on this Cowboys team. Hey, as a Cowboys fan, you're encouraged by that performance. Seriously. <laughs> like, and I do, I do want to say. Against the Ravens, too? Come our on. defense, the Cowboys defense, terrible. Trash. Horrible. The offense, though, does look a lot better. Like, so they, much better. They look a lot more comfortable with Andy Dalton. Um, <laughs> even though Andy Dalton doesn't always look comfortable uh he's just kind of like an awkward player especially when he has to run or like be out of the pocket in general it's, it's pretty entertaining um but it does give me a little bit of hope for these cowboys weapons i know now zeke's out of the playoffs um but weapons even like amari cooper or cd lamb gives me a little hope for those guys michael gallup he had a touchdown i believe this yeah. last week so um that that was kind of nice to see as a Cowboys fan and also like as a fantasy appreciator. Um, and then he had the big game from James Robinson. I think that's a cornerstone for Big R moving forward. So he'll kind of get to pair that with whatever pick he gets in this coming rookie draft. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't have much to add other than Big R. He really, uh, his philosophy is like, live by your studs, die by your studs. There's not a whole lot of lineup decision-making that goes on week to week. It's just, can Lamar Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper Cup, these guys who I have wrote, uh, ridden with, uh, even yep. Darius Leonard to an extent, um, the entire year, can they bounce back? And if they do, it, his team's going to be uh, right in contention next year. He also did have, uh, I, I meant to mention this, on the bench, he had Joe Schobert. <laughs> who... True. He he took really early in our draft and has not looked great all year. This dude put up a monster 37 points. Um, he had a pick six, which helps, of course. But his last three weeks, he's put up 19 points, 16 points, and 37 points. So maybe he is going back to uh, kind of the defensive IDP stud that Big R drafted him to be. That'd be nice for him going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's been all right most of the year. Um, it's just hasn't been that difference maker that you would need uh, to draft him that early. But yeah. he plays a lot of slaps. He's uh, involved in coverage. He uh, has one and a half sacks this year. He does a lot of things that give you points on the IDP side of the ball. So, And why don't you go ahead and hit us with the analysis of Zach's team? Um, with the, Okay, I will do that. So... 
Um, I really am going to get more into detailed analysis when we get into the previews of the playoff matchup. Okay. But, um, yeah, overall, I think the Steelers running game is discouraging at the moment. And yeah. uh, the way that Zach's team is set up, he pretty much has to play either one of James Conner or Benny Snell, whichever one the active and primary is. I will say the Eric Kendricks, um, like sudden injury and in pregame warmups or something. I don't, I don't really know how it happened, but there was pretty much no way to know that he was going to be out for the game, and he was still sidelined today at practice. So that's going to be something to definitely keep an eye on because Eric Kendricks is such a talented linebacker. I, I mean, I still am hurting over the twenty-eight point performance he put on me two weeks ago, <laughs> and so. Um, yeah, and I, I actually think that Zach in the Camden matchup, his IDPs um, match up very well against Camden, so he, he really does need um, Kendricks to uh, come back from injury. Um, he, he did strong, not practice. So. He did not practice today. Yeah, I know. So I know. obviously so the it, tweak was, was serious enough to keep him out of today's practice. Yeah, and, and I mean the Vikings are in playoff contention. They're playing really well. I don't think that they would keep him out of practice and a game if it wasn't something that is at least going to affect his play a little bit moving forward. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to watch, but um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh, Tyler Lockett has uh, got his usual targets and um, he might be in a place to go off this upcoming week, but um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Dalvin Cook got back to his uh, 20 point scoring ways. Yeah. 32 carries, 120 yards, six receptions for 59 yards. 32 carries. That is unbelievable, man. It's like the opposite of the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if something's working, you uh, tend to stay with it. There's and no the Steelers are uh, realizing that when they hand the ball to the running back, negative things tend <laughs> to happen. And when they get the ball to their talented receiving core and Eric Ebron, good things tend to happen. So. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes had more of like an average-ish game. 25 of 40 for 318 yards. Uh, Really the big thing there was just like one touchdown. Um, He's going to put up typically three to four touchdowns a game, you would think, and that's going to raise him up to more of like a 25 to 30-point performer. And I think Zach's going to need that throughout the playoffs. So um, hopefully... As it gets colder, I know we tend to see um, less and less of teams airing it out. I, f- I believe that's pretty much how it's been in the past. Um, or, or like with less success of teams airing it out, they're more trying to establish the ground game. Um, as the season goes on, as it gets colder, getting closer to the playoffs, um, but again, it's the Chiefs. Like Andy Reid knows, knows who is who his uh who his guy is like he's not going to go away from Patrick Mahomes so um hopefully he gets the touchdowns for Zach's sake and then hopefully they go to Tyreek Hill for my sake um getting into the next matchup here we had Ben versus Daniel we can run through this one pretty quick it there wasn't a whole bunch that was going to be going on um but no, but we can look to the future, I think, in these matchups and like encouraging signs from Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. uh, 
Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins getting back to their ways. You know, Mike Kosicki had a good game. I think that there's a lot of hope in, for the future on these teams. They're all starting really young guys, and they're performing. Even Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP season. Not that he's young, but I think in Dynasty, if you're playing in, what, two to three-year chunks, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to be relevant, at least for that time. So, Dude, it's so crazy. Like We've had so many good rookie wide receivers this year. But what's I think what's crazier is Justin Jefferson might be the cream of the crop, dude. He, like, I, yeah, it's unbelievable uh, how he's performed this year, and he put up another twenty-three point game. Um, and it just it just shows you like there was clearly a plan with the Vikings when they traded Stephon Diggs, um, and it was one of those trades that has really worked out for both teams really well. Uh, Stephon Diggs has been a monster with buffalo and really helped josh allen and then that trade allowed justin jefferson or the pick of justin jefferson for him to just step in and take over that alpha that alpha role even with adam thielen there um i feel like justin jefferson is the dude man and like he's just he's so good his last four weeks 17 and a half points 16 points 22 and a half points 22.8 points like those, those are monster receiver numbers for a guy who's 21 years old, um, and has nowhere to go but up. Like he's, he's been incredible. Uh, he's been a shock to me, and it's been really fun to like watch him play. And I don't know if you saw the play that he scored on. Um, I don't remember which corner it is. He like his route running ability, especially towards the the goal line, is really really great. Like he's not just out there out athleting everybody like he's been really crisp on his routes and on this particular play he like turned the db completely around and just got wide open to where kirk cousins couldn't miss the throw um he's he's such a great player man like you said look into the future for these teams uh has to be really exciting especially with um those early picks they're gonna have in the rookie rookie draft yeah i think i saw the play that you're talking about but it also makes me wonder how good is Jamar Chase? Because Jamar Chase, there were times when he looked better than Justin Jefferson at LSU yeah. last year. There were like, how good is that guy? Uh, how good is that guy? That didn't and he's just gonna be, happen. He's going to be a, a draftable asset here in uh, once the NFL draft kicks off. So that's that's kind of how scary it makes me. Like, how good was that LSU offense? Like, was everybody actually an NFL caliber talent? Or did they all yeah. just elevate each other's play to a point where we're going to see just how successful they can be individually, you know? So, and I, and I think this year is actually going to make us take a look more at those rookie drafts. Um, Not that they weren't important prior, but it always felt like before this year, it was, it was not feasible or really not like a responsible owner was, you didn't want to count on a rookie for production in your fantasy league. And this year, we've just seen so many guys put up great fantasy production as rookies. Um, that it's going to be really interesting to see. Was this just like this class was so loaded with talent um, that teams couldn't help but put them in their lineups and make them fantasy relevant, or is this a situation where teams are? they're kind of changing their approach with rookies. Like they're starting them a lot younger. They're just putting them out to the fire and like feast or famine kind of deal. And so they're getting those opportunities that they didn't get in the past or, you know, 
what does that trend look like for the next few years? Um, and how will drafting rookies or like gaining uh, rookie draft picks, how will that change? You know, that'll yeah. be. And I think another, another thing it'll do is make you really impatient when you draft those yes. rookies because you we've seen Corey Davis break out a little bit later, Devontae Parker, namely, and mm-hmm. like who's going to be the third year breakout who has been left for dead in dynasty formats going forward. And like, where can you pick up those guys for cheap over in the off season on the off chance that they are the next Corey Davis or Devontae Parker, you know, and like, how are you going to balance valuing high pedigree, but, not broken out yet in the NFL with high pedigree, but rookie, like it's going to, it's going to create an atmosphere of uh, uh, like, uh, it'll be up to the owner's discretion at the end of the day, but it'll be interesting to see how those guys are valued coming out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm totally with you. Um, And I think your point about patience there is really, really a good thought because now that we've seen some rookies perform, it's like, okay, I'm ready for all of y'all to perform like this now. Yeah. Um, did you have any other things to add on that? I like that we were no. able to talk about kind of the future of their teams a little bit more and like rookies too. So that was cool. No, I don't. I don't think we talked about Bowie and Garrett's matchup. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the one I'm getting to right now. Okay. Um, so last matchup here is we had Bowie versus Garrett. So we talked about the matchup last week and we had said Bowie, this this was a must win for Bowie in order to give himself a shot at the playoffs. Um, he was going to have to hope Camden lost and he won or that they both lost and that he put up, I think it, he had to score like 40 more points than Camden or something, somewhere around there. Uh, so like highly anticipated matchup, but we knew, we knew Bowie was dealing with some injuries and I was like half joking when I said dude what if what if Bowie puts up like 50 points um and I think that was in relation to like could Ben overtake Bowie in his uh in his in his standings um and we were like kind of joking about that well needless to say Bowie did not put up uh that many more points than 50 he ended up with uh 79 points to Garrett's 163 points. This was pretty much a no-doubter from the beginning. Um, Unfortunately for Bowie, like we talked about and have highlighted, he just got hit with bye weeks and injuries at all the wrong times. Clyde Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did end up missing the game. um, And... He just was active. So like, what were you, how are you supposed to know? No, you weren't, you weren't supposed to know. And that's what I'm saying. Like for Bowie's sake, he had to play him. I'm not saying Bowie did anything wrong. Yeah. He didn't have another option, you know, like, do you run Jamal Williams out there knowing he's going to get five points or less? Or do you run the shot of Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire as a possibility of playing? Like you had to keep him in there. So just super unfortunate for Bowie for his team to perform the way he did on the last week when he really needed it. Um, and kind of had, he got screwed over a little bit this season. Um, but at the end of the day, you're sitting at five and eight. You're probably not looking at much, even if you did make the playoffs regardless. So I don't feel too bad about it. Um, I know he probably had a couple of, uh, what, what was it? 
stat corrections that he got screwed on. But even then, you're sitting yeah. at seven and six, um, really like middle of the pack sort of stuff. So uh, unfortunate for Bowie on that. He could not overcome it the last week. And then Garrett's team, I had said it last week. I was like, I feel like this is going to be a get right game for Garrett. You know, he just like wants to see his team perform. Um, wants to see his team do what they did all season, and that's exactly what he got. Um, Alvin Kamara had a bounce-back game. Uh, kind of interesting to see a lot of his production came from the ground, um, and that's just that's what we've seen with Taysom Hill. Like, his, his ceiling's capped because he's not going to get the ball um, from Taysom, Taysom Hill at all. All of his is going to be more of like, uh carries and just traditional like running back stats and then david montgomery in his game back looked really really good uh he had two touchdowns on the day 17 carries for 72 yards uh even involved kind of in the passing game with four receptions uh he looked really really great adam thielen got back to doing what he does um and then he got he got back to getting the production out of his idps which i think he had really been missing <clears throat> we had mentioned it last week, Gabe, but this Troy Reader pickup could really be an X factor for Garrett in the playoffs. Um, and he put up a nice 16 points for him this week. So that's kind of yeah. my eval of Garrett. Did you have anything you wanted to add for this week on this? Uh, I would just say uh, for Bowie's team, I think that in the off season, I'm excited about Van Jefferson on his taxi squad. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they use him in uh los angeles already as a rookie even with the talent that's already there josh reynolds cooper cup robert woods you know like he's competing and he's still demanding touches so i think that that's an encouraging sign for van jefferson moving forward but i do think that Bowie needs to strengthen his wide receiving core in the offseason i think that um we realized when with no dj moore and no robbie anderson in the lineup it, uh, it's it's difficult, and DJ Chark has some question marks going forward. Keelan yeah. Cole, I don't think, is going to be relevant until the Jacksonville offense is uh, more efficient, and probably Doug Marone is no longer there. And, and so, they get a quarterback. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so um, I think that in the off season, I think wide receiver is definitely going to be a focal point for Bowie, or it needs to be if he wants to like tweak the team and and make the playoffs next year um and, and contend and then yeah uh garrett's team not much to say this team's really good it's got some young guys it's got some bets it's good i think that he's going to compete for a championship this year so um yeah well that's a great transition into competing for a championship so as we mentioned before garrett and i have uh bye weeks this week or first round buys um, and so really specifically, we're looking at two big-time matchups for this week. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Two big-time matchups. Um, and let's – I know you've done a lot of diving into uh, these matchups and have a lot of great analysis for us here, Gabe. Um, and let's go ahead. Which which uh, matchup do you want to start with? Do you want to start with your either matchup? one? Either one, honestly, either okay. one. Okay. We can start with my own matchup. Let's let's dive yeah. right into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start in your matchup, and I'm really just gonna give you the floor. Um, yeah. Because I know you've done a lot of of groundwork on these matchups. 
All right. So quarterback, it's going to be Matthew Stafford versus Green Bay on my side, most likely. And I'm uh, most of these are going to be either most likely or what I'm assuming or mm-hmm. who they've rolled with for the remainder for most of the year. Obviously, I'm not setting Connolly's lineup, but I am giving you insight on how I'm setting my own lineup. Um, I think Matthew Stafford gives me the best chance of winning against Tannehill. I think he has one of the higher ceilings. Um, as far as my my options, which were like Jared Goff, um, Derek Carr, uh, people like that. And so I think Matthew Stafford is, uh, he was the QB6 last week, and he played pretty decent against Green Bay in week two. I am worried. Um, last time he played Green Bay, he was sacked four times, and we lose a point for sack. <laughs> so that is worrisome. He, he played well, but that's the difference between a 16-point game and a 12-point game, a 20-point yeah. game and a 16-point game. You know, like... There, there's, there's a lot. The, those four points are important, and so um, that's that's something that I am worried about. Ryan Tannehill is coming off a season best, 389 yards, and this is going to be one of the games that is crucial to the fantasy playoffs, namely our dynasty fantasy playoffs. You're going to want to watch closely this um, Jacksonville versus Tennessee game because how Tennessee gets its yards. I mean, I think Tennessee is going to roll. Jacksonville. I don't think that that's a surprise, but how they do it is going to be interesting because Connolly has Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and uh, Camden, who's in the other playoff matchup, has AJ Brown and Corey Davis. So watching Tennessee's offense, almost every play is going to be a fantasy relevant play. So I think that's going to be one to keep an eye on for sure. But Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to be a smash play this week. I think that Connolly has the advantage at the quarterback position. For reference, uh, the Titans played Jacksonville in week two, and Ryan Tannehill put up his second-best fantasy performance of the year. Um, It wasn't anything crazy, but it was 25.76 points. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of points. Um, I, I will also say that... I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the wide receiver matchups, but Jacksonville is down four of its top five corners right now. So, oh man, they're gonna. It's gonna be how do they want to score? Mike Vrabel. It's not gonna be like how can we score. It's like how do we choose to score? <laughs> so it like it. I don't know. So I'm, what I'm are nervous. you hoping for? Are you hoping they just air it out and all the points go to Ryan Tannehill? I have no clue. I guess I'm hoping for Johnu Smith. To take end arounds the whole game, I don't know, bro. Like what? <laughs> like, there's no hope. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, like what? Um. Anyways, uh. So now getting into running backs. Um. I have Nick Chubb versus Baltimore, and Miles Gaskin versus Kansas City. So already, I'm playing two pretty cream of the crop, uh, not just run defense, but NFL teams, which usually does not bode so well for your running backs. However, Nick Chubb is fifth in the NFL in rushing yards, Mm -hmm. and he missed four games, which, I mean, that's just a testament to how talented of a runner he is. He's averaging six yards a carry. He has a tough matchup, but I am hopeful. I watched Ezekiel Elliott last night against Baltimore. He looked okay. I think that Nick Chubb is... um, a little bit more explosive at the moment than Ezekiel Elliott. So um, I don't think Calais Campbell is himself either for the Ravens. And so I think that there is a shot with Nick Chubb. I think that uh, he'll be okay. Um, 
And then with Miles Gaskin, he kind of reassumed his role as the workhorse in Miami. Uh, I really need him to convert his goal line carries. He's been he's been one of the least efficient goal line running backs. He gets a ton of work on the goal line, but they just can't turn him into touchdowns. And so that's why the Miami Dolphins have resorted to throw a goal line fade to Mike Gesicki or Devontae Parker or someone else or like like literally anyone because they literally cannot run the ball on the goal line because Miles Gaskin it's just it's inefficient for some reason he's he's been good outside of the goal line but um and and as a receiver as well but uh yeah he i definitely need him to convert some of those carries if i want the chance to win this week on uh on nick chubb i was gonna say if if you needed any encouragement for playing nick chubb um you highlighted it but ezekiel elliott has looked awful all year (laughs) from an efficiency standpoint as a running back. And then miraculously, he has a, he has a pretty good game against Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and I think, like you had mentioned, Calais Campbell, he's either injured or like something's going on there um, because there was there was just like gaps for Zeke to yeah, run Yeah, he through. doesn't look the same. I, I'm with you. I don't know if it's an injury or what, but um, – yeah, I am a little bit encouraged by that. Yeah, so it, if you need an encouragement, the Cowboys will give it yeah. to you, man. I appreciate that. Honestly, I was encouraged by uh, the Cowboys' offense yesterday. I think Andy Dalton is uh, a little bit better than we maybe initially gave him credit for. Yeah, I mean, coming, <laughs> I mean, we gave him tons of credit when he was first signed. That's, that's oh, right, story. he was fine, but, uh, yeah. Keep going, no, no, keep no, going. No, we, right. we don't need to talk hey, about the Cowboys. Cowboys fans are emotional. They're they're yeah. not in the playoffs. <laughs> they're just. <laughs> Okay, now we get into Connolly's running back. So mm-hmm. uh, Christian McCaffrey versus Denver and Derrick Henry versus Jacksonville. This is who I'm assuming would be the RB1 and RB2 on his team. Uh, these could very well be the best two running backs on the week, matchup and usage-wise. Like, these guys are they, they're in great matchups and are, like, the focal points of their offenses. Um Denver is, I think, the twentieth best matchup, so they're in the at least the top half of a uh, of a good matchup. And Derrick Henry versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville is an atrocious matchup, so or like it's it's a good matchup. They're an atrocious defense. Um, but McCaffrey's thigh injury is going to be interesting. I don't think that if he's active, it'll impact him in any way. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, if your hamstring's tight, your hamstring's tight, or your quadricep or whatever muscle he's dealing with, so. Um, I, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see uh, what goes on there. But um, the Henry matchup, I think, is where I uh, am the most scared, most most fearful. Um, I did write in the notes that, like, if Derrick Henry carries the ball for 80 yards on that drive, that means that Ryan Tannehill, in theory, could not have thrown for 80 yards on that drive. <laughs> So hopefully pace of play and offense, like hopefully they limit each other's upside in a way. Like as long as Ryan Tannehill's not throwing the ball to Derrick Henry, right? like I guess that's good. But yeah, I mean, they're both in like really, really prime spots. to And coming coming off of a loss where they gave up 38 points to the Browns in the first half, like I think that this will be a team that is inspired and I'm terrified. Yeah, I think in some way, like – playing them both or having them both is going to cap the ceiling to some degree unless like right. you said it's like saying, a yeah. running back screen that goes for 75 yeah. yards like that would suck <laughs> but it's it's going to cap their ceiling but their floor is so high 
playing oh, Jacksonville because, yeah. like you said, <laughs> Jacksonville's bad, man. Like they just are. Um, it's going to be how they how they get those points. I think honestly, Gabe, I think what you're hoping for is Tennessee comes out and just destroys Jacksonville in the first and put the half. backups in. No, that's true. Exactly. Like I would say, <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad thing if they come out and like Derrick Henry has one first half touchdown and and Tannehill has two first first half like throws and they're winning the game 28 to zero get like a defensive touchdown or something like that would be best case scenario honestly no absolutely absolutely um i definitely agree with that uh for reference mccaffrey and henry are running backs one and four on a per game basis in our scoring format so um yeah two elite rb1 options advantage again goes to Connolly. christian mccaffrey's uh projected over 20 and a half points that, yeah that might he, be the highest projection i've seen for a non-qb yeah he's uh he's very good <laughs> and so that is the running back kind of summary for that game yeah wide receiver okay keenan allen versus atlanta and marvin jones versus green bay for myself um and i think that keenan allen is going to be the most important piece of my fantasy team if smash. we're going to win this week. He's gonna be a smash I need boy. I need immense production from Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. So uh Keenan Allen is gonna be matched up with Isaiah Oliver, who's the slot corner for Atlanta for a lot of this game. They're the seventh best matchup for opposing slot wide receivers on the season, but they have been much better as of late. Um so I am like I, I think Keenan Allen will get his. He lines up in the slot the majority of the time, and they are a plus matchup, but uh, a lot like the Vikings, um, they have been playing better as of late. So I just I I need to I need Keenan Allen to just just win his uh, his matchup with Isaiah Oliver this week and Justin Herbert to bounce back in a big way. Marvin Jones, who I'm playing as kind of my Matthew Stafford Marvin Jones stack. Uh, he's going to see Jair Alexander for a lot of this game, and that's not that's not great. Um, <laughs> Jair Alexander, according to Pro Football Focus, is the third highest graded corner in the NFL. So what I'm hoping for in this game, target volume and different formations where Marvin Jones doesn't exclusively line up on the left or the right or the slot. He kind of moves around, and Jair Alexander has typically not shadowed the number one corner. Um, but like when he's on when he's on that side he'll cover him obviously mm-hmm. and so hopefully with different formations different schemes um they can find a way to escape Jair alexander because the other two corners are giving up a lot more points than he is and uh, he can still be a valuable fantasy asset so that's kind of what i'm hoping for with marvin jones but again um Jair alexander is very talented and um when he's not when he's in uh the lineup green bay is a much different defense <laughs> Now looking at um, VK Metcalf, uh, for just for reference, I don't think you could have handpicked better matchups for Connolly's guys through the playoffs. <laughs> DK Metcalf get, gets the New York Jets. Um, the New York Jets, let me run you through the corners that are going to cover uh, DK Metcalf, or at least most likely going to cover him because they are injured and they are tanking, I guess. <laughs> So they either have rookie Bryce Hall, who's a fifth-round pick, or Lamar Jackson, another rookie who was undrafted. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. So that's who's going to be trying to cover DK Metcalf, who just gave it to Darius Slay, a much more talented Pro Bowl corner. 
Now he's going up against two rookies. They have two rookies on on ninety eight percent of their perimeter coverage snaps. It's these two guys. Like DK Metcalf could have a feast again. This is another game where I'm like, maybe the ball just goes to Tyler Lockett. Maybe it goes to Chris Carson because this team is horrible, and I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to try to bounce back from their uh, not so great offensive performance against the Giants. And so, and I think the Jets are going to be that remedy. Um, and so, I just I have to hope that it goes to the other side or to Tyler Lockett in the slot. I will say, but yeah, Gabe, DK Metcalf has a super nasty matchup against two rookies. I will say, Gabe, the one thing that you are going to have to watch out for when playing the Jets <clears throat> is if it's at all a close game at the end. Zero blitz. <laughs> there's going to be a zero blitz <laughs> yeah. with no coverage over the top, and DK oh, Metcalf no. will have an 85-yard touchdown. Yeah. The end no. of the game. So he went down. Uh, Greg Williams went down. He, he he went down for the team. He sacrificed himself for the glory of of Trevor Lawrence. There's He's not a enough time He should be remembered this... as such. He <laughs> should be remembered as a martyr. <laughs> in a lot of ways, honestly. Yeah. But there's not enough time in this podcast to go over the stupidity of that individual play. Oh no, no, it was it, it was legitimately a sacrifice for trevor lawrence like religious oh, sacrifice dude, for it's trevor the most, lawrence. it is it has to be the most att- uh, blatant attempt at tanking in the history of the nfl it really yeah. is like that's not no. an exaggeration it's like the coach's version of like you remember when this is basketball but like when uh andrew bynum wanted to get traded and he would just catch the ball and shoot it immediately like at practice until the coach like was got so fed up that he traded him it was like the coach's version of that. I, I actually did not. I never knew that story, actually. Yeah, bro. He, like, every time he touched the ball, if he was at half court, he would throw it up. If he was three-quarters <laughs> court, he would throw it up until, like, that's how he would, did his holdout. Bro, that's how Bowie <laughs> plays, but he's, like, actually playing. <laughs> but anyways. Um, so then we got Michael Thomas versus Philadelphia. Michael Thomas now draws the Darius Slay shadow. But um, the new coaching regime, and even before the new coaching regime, Darius Slay is a shadow corner. He's a very good corner. But, like, they're putting him in situations where he doesn't even have safety help over the top. It's like this, like, cover one heavy with the safety kind of rolled down to where Darius Slay's on the opposite side and has to match up with their best receiver in single-man coverage. So um, I think Michael Thomas, as a route runner, is going to have a fine time against Darius Slay and the Detroit secondary. Um Devontae Adams and uh, DK Metcalf just took Darius Slay and uh, took his lunch money the last couple of weeks. So um, he's also banged up. He left with a knee injury. Um, it doesn't look very major, but it could slow uh, it could slow him down. And so um, he'll be matched up with Darius Slay, but I think he wins that. Um, I think the advantage still goes to Connolly, but I am going to need a really big game from Keenan Allen, and mm-hmm. I think that he has an adv- an advantageous matchup. In this in this mat in this game, um, just getting a little faster now. Tight end Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, probably tight end one and two. Not probably, definitely tight end one and two. Um, I'm gonna need to make up some ground. Uh, but it's like tight end. tight end one and then a gap and then tight yeah. end two. Yeah, you know. No, you're right. He's been so, <laughs> Travis Kelsey's been so good. I know Darren Waller just had that monster 200 yard game, but Travis Kelsey's been so consistent. Uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, but you're gonna need no, no, no. production 
You're gonna need the difference maker to be right this, there. This so far is the only place that I even feel like on paper I have an advantage. Like obviously I'm gonna go in hoping that I win and praying my guys do well. Uh-huh. But like if I'm looking at it from a like non-biased, just fantasy football perspective, Connolly's team has an advantage in every slot except for tight end. And even that advantage, he has the second best tight end. <laughs> like it's a it's an advantage, but come on now. Right. Uh, flex considerations is going to be a nightmare for me. Um, I will probably be choosing between Miles Sanders, Debo Samuel, David Johnson, Cole Beasley, and if I wanted to make a hero play, I could throw in Kiki QT versus uh, versus Chicago. When does when does QT play? Oh, huh? noon on Sunday. Okay, I was going to say if uh, Kiki QT didn't play till like Monday, I'd almost save that spot to where he could be like. Like you said, your hero play. Hero you know, play. like if you're down thirty, yeah. But it's like, yo, he could he could be the dude. Like he just was. And it just it sucks. Every matchup that I have is so tough. Like mm-hmm. there's not a single matchup besides maybe Miami with Travis Kelsey that I'm like, and I guess Keenan Allen too. But like, Miles Sanders plays New Orleans. Who knows how that's going to be with Jalen Hurts and his offense? Debo Samuel plays. Uh, the Washington football team, who has played so much better as of late. David Johnson plays Chicago. Their defense is elite. Cole Beasley plays Pittsburgh. And, like, obviously, Josh Allen has been playing really well. But, but that, that defense is a lot better than the defense that he just played. And yeah. so, uh, like, I just can't catch a break. Like, there's no obvious, like, home run. I, I just want to play Jacksonville, bro. Hey. Four top corners down. I just want to play the Jets. Like, I don't have anyone playing these guys, so I don't have any, like, home run <laughs> hitters. Like, Gabe. all Connolly has is home run hitters. Like, Gabe, I got it. I, don't, I got what? it. You got to go down with the sinking ship, my guy. You got to run Hollywood. You got to run Hollywood. No, I cannot, bro. Marcus Brown is so dead to me. Bro, he just scored a touchdown. He just scored a touchdown. He's coming off two (laughs) weeks of solid production. He's got a good matchup in Cleveland. Tell me why I'm so high. I was so high on Nikhil Harry and Marquise Brown, like in the offseason and kind of right before early season. And their quarterbacks have decided that the NFL is now a throw for under 100 yards league. Okay. just just air like just just roll it out on the ground i don't know okay let me ask you this though gabe what would hurt worse would it hurt worse to lose with marquise brown on the bench but he pops off to where he could have won you the matchup or would it hurt worse for you to have played marquise brown and he doesn't perform and that's one of the reasons you lose which one hurts worse at this point, definitely in the lineup. Like, I think in the lineup, if <laughs> okay, I trusted okay. him, if I could find a way to trust him in my heart and he let me down again, like, I just, I don't think I could handle that. Like, if he's on the bench and he goes off, like, at least I can be excited for next season. Like, at yeah, least I'm going true. into, like, the basketball season with a positive attitude. If he was in my lineup, I think I would I would go insane. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Connolly's team, the flex options are elite, much like his the rest of his team. He has Austin Eckler versus Atlanta, Deontay Johnson versus Buffalo, Kareem Hunt versus Baltimore, and Raheem Mostert versus Washington. All are great options. If for some reason Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, he can just bump one of them into the running back slot. Um, 
Deontay Johnson is probably the next best receiver on his roster, um, just demanding a huge target share in uh, in uh, Pittsburgh and like is kind of an extension of the running game at this point because they're so inefficient on the ground. And uh, Kareem Hunt is uh, another like running back that I, I mean I, we'll we'll see. I think Kareem Hunt is playable, but I think Connolly left to his own devices. I, I don't know. Like, what? whatever. I'm not going to try and give advice to Connolly in this matchup, but if he wants to throw Kareem Hunt in there, be my guest, you know? And then Raheem Mostert, um, just always a chance to break an 80-yard run. Um, always, and, dude. Yeah. And he, yeah. didn't, he didn't put up a great fantasy game, but he looked really good. Like, he had nine carries for 42 yards in his previous matchup. <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, he, uh, he like, has this weird way of, like, getting to the edge and then, like, getting five or six yards up so, the sideline yeah. where everyone kind of gives up on the play. He just kind of, like, has, like, a Skirts like it. a burst where he's there. No one's really expecting him to move like that, and he changes direction so quickly. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's fun to watch. The 49ers are a, a unique team. Um, Kyle Shanahan has them playing pretty well. Yep. No, what about um, the IDPs here, Gabe? IDPs. I've got Tyrell Adams versus Chicago, Jesse Bates versus Dallas. I need uh, Andy Dalton to throw it straight to Jesse Bates, the safety for Cincinnati, like 100 times. And um, Tyrell Adams versus Chicago. Um, I, I mean, Tyrell Adams is a, a good linebacker IDP. He plays a lot of snaps, gets a lot of tackles. So not much to say about the IDPs. Um, for Connolly. He has kind of his pick of the litter of IDPs between Devin White, Joey Bosa, Bobby Wagner. Um, they all have decent matchups, but I don't have much to say about the uh, the IDPs. I feel like if I went into a detailed analysis, we would go for three hours. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> okay, so the projections are 166.83 for Conley. And then 135. Dude, it just keeps going up. I know. 135.99 for you. Um, after all of your analysis, give me a. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I have it. I have it. Give me. Give me the score, but not who wins. So give me the score of what you think this matchup will be, but not your winner. Okay. Um. One seventy-two to one forty-five. Okay, yeah, I I definitely think this is going to be a high-scoring matchup between the two of you. Uh, because I was gonna, I was sitting here and I was like, I should put the over/under at like three hundred points, but I think y'all are gonna smash that actually. Yeah, it'll be a good matchup. Um, I mean, unbiased, Connolly has quite an advantage, but mm-hmm. you never know in fantasy, so I agree. you never know. And if I knock him off, uh, you're welcome next matchup. And I'm winning the whole thing. I'm telling you right now, if I knock Conley off, the whole thing is mine. Well, Garrett. Yeah. I, I would have Garrett and Conley back to back. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It's really just uh it's really just worked out for you there, Garrett. I got the fucking gauntlet, bro. <laughs> and Camden with the sixth seed got the uh I, I mean not that any side of the bracket is gonna be easy, but I think I'd rather have his side. You, Gabe, you just need to channel your inner Eli and like guess, forget bro. the regular season. We're going to go through the gauntlet like, and just got to turn yeah. into a playoff God. So yeah, this is, this is, yeah, no, I'm with you. 
Um, okay, well, let's move on to this other matchup here and lend some yeah. time to these guys. So yeah, let's dig in. We've got Camden versus Zach. The projections are super close. So um, Camden has a 147.31 projection. Zach has a 152.01 projection. Just at a quick glance here, Gabe, it looks like that is because Camden has quite a few good matchups on his side. Um, yeah, Zach doesn't necessarily have as good of matchups, uh, but go ahead and start hitting us with the with the deep dive. Yeah, so uh, Justin Herbert versus Atlanta for Camden, and Patrick Mahomes versus Miami for uh, Zach. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to be, I think, the advantage there. We're going to have to see how Justin Herbert bounces back from the forty-five to zero loss that he just endured. Um, but I think that the Atlanta secondary is going to be a lot more friendly than the Patriots secondary was. And he, he didn't have the ball in his hands a ton. Um, and when he did, uh, they, it was pretty short drives last game. So I do think that this game uh, will bode better for Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Not much you need to say there. I think advantage Zach for quarterback. I, I will say Patrick Mahomes needs the touchdowns. Like he's not going to be a negative asset, of course. But this is what I was talking about before. Like, he's had a, a few games where he's only had one or two touchdowns, and his fantasy production in those games are always less than 20, um, which yeah. would open the door for Camden. Uh, and then Justin Herbert, his last two weeks have been a little rough, man. Like, he, I know New England was just like, that, that's that's the Bill Belichick effect. But he played Buffalo the week before, which is typically a pretty good matchup for quarterbacks um, and only put up 11 and a half uh, points with one touchdown. So he needs to get back to being able to produce a little bit more on the ground as we saw kind of in the middle of the season. Um, and then I think for Camden, he's going to need three passing touchdowns to really boost that fantasy value at the QB position. I feel that. I feel that. Moving on to running backs, uh, Camden's got Aaron Jones versus Detroit and Ronald Jones versus Minnesota. This is what I'm assuming um, is in his lineup. And Dalvin Cook versus Tampa Bay for Zach and Melvin Gordon versus Carolina as well. Um, I think that Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook are both um, in positions. Dalvin Cook because of his usage and Aaron Jones because of his matchup for uh, really good games. I think that... um, if Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry are not the running backs one and two, I think that both of these guys have a shot at being the running back one and two. Um, the reason I'm going to give the advantage to Camden in the running back position is because of Ronald Jones over uh, Melvin Gordon. Um, I think that Melvin Gordon has been overperforming a bit fantasy-wise these last few weeks. And Ronald Jones has been a good, um, efficient runner. I think that the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers will... I think that they will beat Minnesota. That's going to be an interesting game to watch. Um, but I do think that Ronald Jones, uh, Minnesota is a plus matchup for running backs, and Ronald Jones, I think, will be a key factor in that game. Ronald Jones, real quick, Gabe. Yeah. When he see when he gets twenty or more carries, he's easily over a hundred yards. So he's he's had twenty or more carries in three games this year. First game, hundred and eleven yards. Second game, hundred and thirteen yards. Uh, third game, 192 yards, all of those with touchdowns. Um, And then he's had these games interspersed of like seven carries, three carries, 
nine carries, 10 carries, seven carries. Like for Ronald Jones, you'll see it early in the game. If they start, if they start just very quickly going away from Ronald Jones and this is going to be a Tom Brady throwing game, you can count Ronald Jones for having probably less than 10 fantasy points. Um, yeah. If they're going to sit there and try to establish the run, which I think they can easily do against Minnesota, to be honest with you, um, then Ronald Jones is going to have a monster game. So I really think like the beginning of that game is going to be something to watch for the Ronald Jones matchup. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, moving on to wide receivers, Camden has A.J. Brown versus Jacksonville and Chris Godwin versus Minnesota most likely. So this is what I was saying. Jacksonville will be without likely four of its la- four of its top five corners. So um, Jacksonville has also allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receivers over the past month. Oh it's just going to be how do the Tennessee Titans choose to uh, gain yards in this game and how do they choose to score? AJ Brown is well set up um, in this game. Uh, it'll just it, they're going to have to get the ball to him. Chris Godwin is going to see a lot of Jeff Gladley, Jeff Gladney, who's the slot corner um, in Minnesota. And the Minnesota secondary has been improving all year, actually. And they've been an especially difficult matchup out of the slot recently. They're actually the most difficult matchup in the NFL over the last four weeks. Um, Jeff Gladney has been playing well as of late. Mm. And so we'll have to see um, if they do start locking down some of these shorter routes well, i think we'll see a lot more early down work to ronald jones it's another it's another situation where if you start both chris godwin and ronald jones a lot like the derrick henry ryan Tannehill, uh, um like that we were talking about you're going to limit some upside but i do think they both have a place um in fantasy lineups camden actually has i didn't realize but he has ronald jones and chris godwin who could maybe limit them, each other's upside, but I think they're both still valuable. And then A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, who, again, I think they're probably both going to be startable, but um, they can't both get fantasy points on the same drive. So. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, like, upside limiting versus best fantasy choice versus, like, it's going to be interesting to see his lineup decisions and how he chooses to approach these. Yeah, you almost think, like, like you're saying, that more than likely they're not both going to have these monster games. But there's there's a good chance one of them does, and I think right. Camden's in one of those positions where it's like he does not want to miss out on one of those guys going off, and it's almost worth like if AJ Brown goes out there and has a forty point game, is that worth having a Corey Davis that of having a five point game? You know, like right. I, I think you almost look at the players of like okay combined, I'm looking at forty forty five points, and that's great yeah. for me. Like I will take that, you know. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, on the other side, Julio Jones versus the Chargers and Tyler Lockett versus the Jets. The Chargers have actually allowed the second fewest points to perimeter wide receivers over the past month. Chris Harris Jr., um, the slot corner, has also uh, been excellent. Um, they're actually the third most difficult matchup over the last eight weeks. And so um, I think that Julio Jones does get a downgrade in this matchup. However, he's Julio Jones. Um he, if anyone is going to give this Chargers secondary a hard time, it's going to be him. And so... He's the scam killer. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Tyler Lockett, same as DK Metcalf. Um, he's playing the Jets. And so, another just uh, encouragement, I guess, for Zach. 
uh, most points given up to the slot wide receivers in the NFL over the last eight weeks is the Jets. Tyler Lockett lines up in the slot 62% of the time. So I think uh, because of that, I would give the advantage to Zach um, elite wide receiver talents and Lockett's matchup, I think, pushes him over the edge. You think that Lockett push, pushes him over the edge? Yeah. Uh, well, I think that Julio Jones and Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. uh, like I think A.J. Brown is probably the best receiver matchup and uh-huh. talent-wise yeah. fantasy football of them all. But I think that Julio Jones and Tyler Lockett like are close enough behind A.J. Brown. that, uh, And then Chris Godwin is far out just because the, the Minnesota secondary has mm-hmm. been better and Chris Godwin has to compete for volume in that offense that i think that i would give the advantage to julio jones and tyler lockett in this situation yeah the last two weeks tyler lockett has only had 3.8 fantasy points and then 8.3 fantasy points um and of the one two three four five of the last six weeks he only has two of those weeks having double digit fantasy points one of those double digit fantasy points he had 11 points um, so really, he's had one r- breakout game. He also only has one touchdown in those last six weeks. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I understand he's playing the Jets. I understand that they are putting out probably undrafted rookies out there to guard these guys. Um, but what we've seen the last six weeks is Russell Wilson has taken a little bit of a step back. And then also he's targeting DK Metcalf. Like that's what he's looking for. Uh, so I think yeah. I'm a little bit lower on Tyler Lockett than you are. I okay. I agree he's got the matchup. <laughs> he definitely has the matchup to get out there and do some work. Um, but I, I think, man, I think their receivers are actually really close. Yeah, no, I do think they're close. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah, let me try and wrap us up here because it's getting late and a little bit long. But um, tight end, Dallas Goddard versus New Orleans or Logan Thomas versus San Francisco for Camden. Uh, Zach has Eric Ebron versus Buffalo. I think Eric Ebron is a better option Mm -hmm. than both of those guys. Logan Thomas's volume, however, is intriguing, and they've been playing uh, better as of late. He's been Um, good. He's been really good the last few weeks, man, and he's just getting peppered with targets. You also have to note Antonio Gibson is out. And so where do those targets True. go? True. Um, and then moving into flex considerations for Camden, he's got Corey Davis versus Jacksonville, uh, the other side of A.J. Brown, Devontae Parker versus Kansas City, Brandon Cooks versus Chicago. And if he really felt like it, I, th- I think he could roll Ty Johnson out there versus Seattle if Frank Gore is um, still uh, dealing with his concussion, he got a lot of run and looked a lot better um, last week. And so, I don't know, Ty Johnson, someone to consider and, and at least look at maybe down the line. Zach um, has a pretty easy decision when it comes to flexes because after Amari Cooper, um, I don't love any of his options. He has one of the Steelers running backs who haven't looked great as of late. And then after that, it's like Jerry Judy and maybe Lev Bell. Like if you wanted to look at other flexes but like there's just not a whole lot of depth there Mm -hmm. so um his team really needs to stay healthy if he wants to compete at the highest level for a championship but um the amari cooper consistency uh should keep him at least competitive i i think camden's flex options are a little bit stronger it'll be a close matchup like the projections say but we'll have to see um idps 
Um, Jalen Smith versus Cincinnati, Zach Cunningham versus Chicago for Camden. Zach has Eric Kendricks if he plays, and Demario Davis versus Philadelphia. Um, if Kendricks plays, I think that Zach has the IDP advantage. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the uh, conclusion of my analysis on the uh, on the second playoff matchup. Did you have anything else to add? No, not really, Gabe. That was awesome, man. Like that was. <laughs> Really great analysis that I know everybody's going to appreciate. Before we get out of here, really quick, um, pick your winner of the entire playoffs, and you can't pick yourself. Oh, no. Here, I'll go first while you think about it. I'll go first. I'm going to go with Garrett, and here's why I'm going to go with Garrett. He's done it all year. He's been super consistent, and his team just – went off and had like a great uh, get-right game that he desperately needed. Uh, I crapped on his team um, very much at the beginning of the season and before the season. And I think that like, uh, uh, I think that I should deserve to get smited for that. So um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and I'm going to pick Garrett to win it all and try to save face a little bit. So there's some good uh, podcasting for you. Yeah, I respect that. Um <laughs> I think that Garrett Connolly and yourself are going to be difficult to choose between. Um, I think Connolly's team is probably the deepest mm. and the best. I think that your team has a lot of ceiling players, and I think that Garrett's team has a lot of consistency and uh, a good mix of consistency and upside. And with David Montgomery coming on as of late, possibly getting Drew Brees back for Alvin Kamara. I don't know who to pick, man. It's, uh, I mean, all three of you, it's going to be a five or 10 point decision between all of those. Uh, I said last week that I was going to pick you. I'll pick you. What the heck? Let's um, go, it, boy. It is going to be difficult to beat Connolly at any point no in doubt. this um, playoff run. So, no doubt. I think we all, we both just tried to not pick Connolly because he was the easy choice. <laughs> yeah well yeah and yeah hey what makes me what makes me really happy is neither of us chose zach so that's all i'm really happy about (laughs) so i'm worried about his flex depth man i really am as you should be he should be worried about this first round matchup with camden yeah um okay you got anything else no i don't but i uh, i need to get out of here pretty quick so i understand (laughs) boys we appreciate y'all it's playoff time it's gonna be exciting uh good luck to everybody except the bye week in garrett